Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, when you think of superpowers, where's your brain go? You automatically go to superheroes? Come on. It's Valentine's Day. So we want to think a little different about what it means to have a superpower. And we're going to look at that in uh, something that I did with our uh, good friend Brooke Walker over at Studio 5 on KSL-TV. And we were talking about Valentine's Day, and we were talking about political couples, uh, both here in the state of Utah and in our nation's capital. And as I was on Studio 5 last week talking about the superpower political couples and really identifying what was their superpower, what was it that made this couple able to withstand the heat, the pressure of the public limelight, keep their uh, relationship in a positive and powerful place. And as we share some of these with you here on radio today, uh, of course, no couple is perfect. Every marriage, every marriage requires a good deal of mutual toleration. And so I've chosen just a, a few, again, that I shared with Brooke Walker on Studio 5 uh, to talk about in terms of uh, while they may have an imperfect marriage in many ways and while you may disagree with them politically for a host of reasons, uh, there are some unique superpowers that we ought to be celebrating and I think we ought to be emulating, especially on Valentine's Day. And so let's start with uh, a trip in the Wayback Machine. Let's go all the way back uh, towards our founding fathers. Let's go to John and Abigail Adams. Uh, they were clearly a political power couple, and their superpower, their superpower was handwritten letters. Uh, these two were were often apart physically, uh, but deeply connected. Uh, they exchanged over eleven hundred letters, eleven hundred handwritten letters over the course of their lifetimes. And, of course, if you've listened to this show at all, you know I believe in the power of a handwritten note. Uh, it's just different than anything else. When you look at the letters exchanged between John and Abigail Adams, not only were they crucial to understanding much of the early history of our nation, uh, they were also just immensely valuable in all other kinds of ways. Uh, some of those letters have been auctioned off for tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Whenever I see one of those pop up at auction, I always wonder, you know, I wonder what that letter from Abigail Adams to John Adams would have been worth if she had sent that as a text message or if it was an email or been printed up on a printer of some sort. Uh, the fact that it was handwritten makes it so much more personal, so much more powerful. And again, we owe a lot of the things we know about the history and founding of the country to those letters. Uh, I've shared before that uh, Debbie and I kind of have a version of this. We started this uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, and It was simply a leather journal. Uh, I always called it the football because uh, it was bound in leather and the rules were really simple. 
Uh, all you did was just write something in there, a note, a thought, a funny story, a memory, something you're grateful for. Uh, some entries are long, some are short, doesn't matter. Uh, the only the only rule we have uh, for our football journal, our handwritten notes back and forth, is that it is not a place for grievances. It's not a place for gripes or nagging or frustration. It's just a place to just write something. And it's real simple. I'll write something and I toss it over to Debbie's side of the of the bed, leave it there for the day. And then when she gets around to it, she'll write something back and she puts it back on my side. There's no expectation. It doesn't have to be a daily thing or even a weekly thing. It's just a thing. And those handwritten notes back and forth uh, are priceless uh, to us and that will be a great legacy, we hope, for our children and grandchildren as we look at how we interacted that way. So that was a, a good uh, lesson to start off with from John and Abigail Adams, Superpower Handwritten Letters. Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt uh, were also a strong power political couple, and I think their superpower was that they valued each other's unique and important voice. Uh, they both had powerful voices, important voices to the country. And they recognized that, and they gave each other space to use that voice. Uh, most people forget that Eleanor Roosevelt was the first person to address the nation following the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Uh, and I think she gave the better speech of the day. Uh, President uh, Roosevelt was comfortable uh, with his spouse having a radio show and leading out on on many important things. So the Roosevelts were definitely uh, a couple that valued each other's unique and important voice. Another in the uh, political space, James Carville and Mary Madeline. They may be the ultimate odd couple of all odd couples. And, of course, James Carville was a, a liberal Democratic strategist uh, associated primarily with the Clintons. Mary Madeline, of course, longtime Republican strategist for both Bush uh, 41 and 43. But their superpower was oneness is not sameness. And they never agreed on political stuff. In fact, they'd go on national TV and they'd argue about it in front of everybody. And they've played at the highest level of that presidential politics and they love to go back and forth. And then they'd just move on. Uh, they're also a great example of just leaving work at work and focus on each other is a, is a great way to do that. Uh, another political uh, couple that we looked at uh, again on Studio 5 uh, was Mia Love and Jason Love. And their superpower is all in all the time. And I, I watched them do this in a number of different ways. It, it's really amazing. And this is not just about being a supportive spouse. Uh, it was really interesting to watch, whether it was Mia creating space for Jason to do what he does best in his work and career, or Jason rearranging things so Mia could serve in government and raise her voice. Uh, they're always all in. And it was amazing that the morning that Mia Love was sworn into office as the first black Republican woman in Congress uh, they went for a run on the National Mall together, side by side, as they always are. Uh, to me, it was just symbolic of how they got there and what they would continue to do in the years ahead. Again, facing a lot of public scrutiny, uh, but it was always all in, all the time for each other. Uh, so again, it's not about a division of labor uh, or being a supportive spouse. It's way beyond that. It is all in. That's a great Valentine lesson as well. Uh, there are others that, of course, fit into that category. Uh, Ronald and Nancy Reagan, I think their superpower that most people don't realize was laughter. Uh, they would, if you've ever been to the Reagan Ranch, which is where you really learn about the Reagans, uh, that, that was their place. And every photo up there is of the two of them, and they're always laughing. They're always laughing. 
And so while they did serious things, uh, they also supported each other in in unique ways. Uh, Nancy Reagan, of course, did not like the Ruffett life, uh, but the ranch, only about uh, 1,000 square feet, and didn't even have a, uh, a full-size bed. It had two single beds held together by zip ties that Ronald Reagan put together. Uh, they were in for each other, and they always had a good laugh. Uh, of course, Barack and Michelle Obama, I think their superpower was was being active, pursuing other interests, and recognizing the value in each other uh, early on. I don't think they had to wait until they were on the national and international stage. Uh, they always had that. Uh, George and Barbara Bush, I think their superpower was fierce loyalty uh, to one another and to their family. So despite all of the hate and the and the anger that comes out of Washington, there are some power couples uh, out of there on a Valentine's Day, and every couple has a superpower. So if you're not sure what yours is, talk about it uh, with your significant other tonight. I think it's an important part of that process. We'll step aside for Bottom of the Hour News. Much more to come on Inside Sources coming up next. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.